0: So Money, episode 1206, a closer look at Generation X with Margit Detweiler, founder of Tonight.com. You're listening to So Money with award winning money guru Farnoosh Tarabi. Each day, get a 30 minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh yourself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money.
1: We are, you know, from 40 to 55 in this moment, and we are really kind of at the moment in our careers and our lives where... Everything is happening, (laughs) you know, whether that is in our jobs, in our relationships, you know, a lot of us are, some of us are parents, some of us are not. Many of us are taking care of our parents while we are taking care of our kids.
0: Welcome to So Money, everybody. Happy Monday, Memorial Day 2021. I'm your host, Farnish Tarabi. Some housekeeping notes. You may have noticed that this podcast is not appearing in your Apple feed, in your Apple podcast feed, or maybe it's corrected itself over the weekend. But last week, there were some hiccups with Apple. I've experienced them in the past. You just never know when your episodes aren't going to appear uh, on the podcast players. And so that happened last week. I think if you are subscribing, it automatically loads in your feed. But if you're not subscribing, you may have been wondering what happened to the new episodes. Well, they're still on Spotify and Stitcher and on the So Many Podcast website, but Apple is experiencing some technical difficulties. Hoping they get resolved soon for all the podcasters. I'm not the only one. But a reminder, if you're not subscribed yet to this podcast and you wanna be, hit the subscribe button and you will hopefully not be affected by something like this in the future. Today's episode is in response to the interest that I've been sensing from this audience to talk about and learn more about Generation X. Many of us are in this generation, myself sort of included. I'm born in 1980. I'm sort of either an elder millennial, geriatric millennial, or a very Young Gen Xer. And I think that I relate to both generations. Our guest today, Margaret Detweiler, is the founder of 2night.com, which is a Webby-honored storytelling platform, live event series, and community for, quote-unquote, grown-ass Generation X women. She is a Generation Xer herself, and she comes to the podcast with a lot of insights based on the stories that she's been hearing and producing through Tonight, as well as the weekly newsletter and their private subscription-based community, who is Generation X? How is Generation X managing money? What is going to be Generation X's legacy for everybody else? And talk about one of our superpowers as Gen Xers, the fact that we weren't always using iPhones. We weren't always emailing. We remember pen and paper. We remember fax machines. We remember the library, you know, and I think that for us has been a secret to our ability to pivot and be nimble during very challenging times like the one we're living in now. I think you'll enjoy this conversation. Here's Margit Detweiler. Margit Detweiler, welcome to So Money. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. You know, I'm so excited to dive into what I think is my audience is one of my audience's favorite subjects, even though I have an audience that ranges from like 12 years old all the way to 100. There is a strong community of Gen Xers who listen to So Money. And I'm sort of a Gen Xer or a geriatric millennial, depending on which Wikipedia page you are referencing. You are very much involved and passionate about this generation, often described as the forgotten generation. So tell us about Gen X. What should we remember about Gen X?
1: Yeah, well, uh, you know, we should remember that we're actually in our prime. So, you know, we may be sort of invisible or forgotten to some. But in fact, we are, you know, from 40 to 55 in this moment and we are really kind of at the moment in our careers and our lives where everything is happening, (laughs) you know, whether that is, um, you know, in our, in our jobs, in our relationships, you know, a lot of us are, some of us are parents, some of us are not, many of us are taking care of our parents while we are taking care of our kids. We are looking at our investments very closely. I think we are just kind of making stuff happen and, um, I think it's a misnomer to say that Gen X is kind of, you know, along for the ride when I think we're the ones actually making a lot of stuff happen.
0: Well, and to that point, I think that maybe why there is this sentiment that they're forgotten is because we figured they have figured it out, right? There's so much, there's so (laughs) much of a emphasis and spotlight on, let's say, Gen Zers, which are, I feel so misguided maybe they'll prove me different, but like going to TikTok for all your life's solutions. I don't know. Then, you know, millennials got all the media attention for a while there because they were sort of that next new generation that was just figuring it out. So let's help them. And you know, they're, you know, different and we have to figure them out. And then Gen X just sort of quietly went away, buying houses, getting married, building businesses, retiring early, perhaps. Are they still, to some extent, really figuring it out? Um, And do you think that, I mean, you've built an entire platform to support them through storytelling, and we'll talk about tonight, momentarily, but let's sit with this for just a little bit longer. Like, what else is Gen X trying to figure out right now? And um,
1: are they supported? Yeah, that's a great question. I I definitely, and I will say that we are on TikTok. I just want to throw that in there. Gen X is big time on TikTok. It's actually pretty hilarious. There's, you know, all kinds of creators there. But um and we love watching it. Um but I would say that the things that we're struggling with right now and haven't yet figured out are definitely that caregiving sandwich generation piece where, you know, I w- before I started the Two Nighters platform, um our community piece, I really wanted to get into what is what is the problem that most of us are trying to solve? And I would say, overwhelmingly, it's, you know, I didn't realize that I was gonna have to be kind of taking care of my parents and my kids at the same time, or even just my parents. And Like in my situation, um, you know, my parents are in their 80s and this, the thing is, you know, people are living longer, um, we're having kids later. It's a much more pronounced situation. Also, because we have careers, we're doing many things. So um there's just a lot of stress and pull in this moment. And I think we haven't quite prepared ourselves for this moment. So I would say that is the biggest kind of pain point that we're trying to all solve right now. Yep.
0: Sure, and of course the last 14, 15 months with COVID-19 and then the subsequent recession, um, which impacted so many women, uh, more women than men, more women of color than everybody else it seems. And so what were some of the themes that came out of the last year and a half, um, stories or uh, concerns? A lot of people said that the pandemic was just an acceleration of life. If, if life was treating you well, maybe it it traded you even better because you continued to have a job and support and you saved a lot of money in 14 months. But if you were already uh, feeling... Um, not supported or in a crappy job or a single mom that didn't have community and like your bad dream became a nightmare (laughs) in the pandemic. And so what are you hearing um, uh, that might be um, issues that are now only surfacing to the forefront, to the top because of of the pandemic?
1: It's interesting. I was actually talking with someone the other day about, you know, someone that made this assumption that Gen X was kind of staying the course after the pandemic, that the pandemic was such a a pain point that like it didn't allow for people to make changes in their lives, especially Gen X, because of, you know, caregiving and all of that. It couldn't be further from the truth. You know, I actually did an informal survey in our community and asked people, what are you, what are you doing? What changes have you made? And people are moving. A lot of people are moving, um, you know, and it's, To your point about you know maybe it accelerated something that was already in play, a lot of people are making that that distinct change like they're moving to a city that they'd already planned or had in their mind to potentially move to, and now this is making it happen. Um, A lot of people have left or changed their jobs. Um, Some people are going like actually, my sister is going back to work. Um, You know I think you know people are looking at. Just how can I pivot, especially I think for women in their, you know, late 40s, 50s, you know, it's just this pivotal moment, which is kind of what tonight is all about, those pivotal moments.
0: Yes. Let's talk about tonight. That's T-U-E night.com. This is your Webby honored storytelling platform. Also live event series and community for what you call grown ass Gen X women. Those of (laughs) us who are in fact, quote unquote, just getting started. What was your impetus for this? Where were you in your life, in your business where you decided this is my next act?
1: Yeah, well, I was um, I was consulting. I I still do consulting um, as a content strategist. I'm a former journalist and editor, and I felt like there weren't stories being told about people like me and my friends, you know, who were in our forties, who were still living these dynamic lives, traveling, investing in things, you know, changing careers, pivoting, as we talked about. And I just wasn't seeing that narrative. I was seeing, you know, the narrative about older w- women was like sort of this aesthetic, like, yeah, you know, we're we're celebrating our wrinkles, and it was just very sort of surfacey and and a little bit like. I, I just felt like you know what, the story is much richer. There are stories to be told and diverse stories. There are so many different ways to be in midlife and choices that we make and choices, unfortunately, they're made for us. But through that storytelling, there is power and there is connection. Um, When we hear about the way somebody else is dealing with uh, their parents sort of later in life or themselves and how they've changed careers or whatever it might be, we can really see ourselves in that. So storytelling is, to me, uh, just a useful tool.
0: On the homepage right now, I see you have a and a with Jennifer Barrett, who's a friend of mine as well, and was on this podcast not too long ago with her book. Her book is called Think Like a Breadwinner. What are you hearing at tonight about money? What, I'm sure mm-hmm. there's so many stories about personal transformation, relationships, career, but specifically money, what's coming mm-hmm. out?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny. People, Gen Xers are, uh, they're actually much more a planning generation. They are much more organized, I feel, obviously I'm biased, but, you know, than the previous generations. um, You know, I think we were latchkey kids. We were set off on our own, riding our bikes around the town without much oversight. And I think um, some of that was wonderful. A lot of that was wonderful and created a kind of scrappy generation Um, And some of that also made us kind of later in life go, we need a little more planning and organization and oversight in our lives. So um, I think, you know, a lot, especially women, um, a lot of women are um, the breadwinners. A lot of women are kind of the heads of household in a way um, and kind of. You know, in charge of the finances and planning for, um, you know, whether it's a 401k or whatever kinds of, you know, retirement funds. A lot of people also aren't planning to retire. You know, I, I've thought a lot about this and I think I can't imagine not working. And I, uh, you know, for better and worse, you know, I just, I think a lot of us are sort of thinking that we'll be working for a long time. So there's just a lot of different paths that I think. We're kind of forging this path and mm-hmm. that it's different from, you know, with the way our parents led their lives. It's not so cookie cutter, but we're trying to like wrap our heads around it and and plan for it as best we can.
0: What do you think will be the Gen X legacy? What, what will you see as sort of our and I think I am. I oh know I'm you're, hearing I'm, I was a latchkey kid, you know, like I, I, mm-hmm. I admit that uh, proudly. What do you think our contribution Our greatest contribution has been in terms of supporting maybe the next generation or leaving, you know, because I think I think that we are the generation that is closest to mirroring our parents path or at least striving Mm -hmm. for that. Right. I think that you but then like any generation, it's a broad range of humans, right? Whether you're born in 1980 or the 60s, like that's a huge difference. But I think that I was raised very much wanting to pursue that American dream that my parents worked really hard to achieve as immigrants, carrying their torch to become a homeowner, to become financially secure, to have my career figured out, all of those things kind of quickly, you know, or at least like On time, I'm using air quotes. Whereas I think for the millennials, it's very different and very difficult because of a host of challenges that they got thrown at them at very young, formidable years, things like recessions and wars and all, you know, pandemic and all that. So they're, often described as the generation that is least likely to follow in their parents' footsteps, at least the timeline. But anyway, all this to say, what do you think will be our, you know, contribution? What will we be remembered for? You know, what's, what's defining us?
1: I think that we are trailblazers. Actually, I do agree with you that we're probably close to our parents, but we're also breaking a lot of the mold that our parents, you know, we're not, and I think it was broken for us a little bit, you know, uh, as somebody who was in journalism and a lot of my friends are, you know, I think about, um, you know, I worked at a newspaper and I thought, okay, I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life. Da, 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 da. And that was like, oh my gosh, the internet. Oh my gosh. I mean, right. you know, and and everything changed. And, you know, and, and even like my husband's an architect, you know, a lot of things were done by hand. Now they're all digitized. So like, you ha- to survive, you had to really like adapt and evolve. And so I think our generation is particularly resilient and flexible, you know, it, it, you know, and has had to be that way to continue to work. And it was really like, we, we have like one foot in the analog world and one foot in the digital world. And I, you know, definitely say that, um, from what I see in our community and just being a Gen Xer, we are actually quite, we embrace digital. We definitely are right there and we're excited by it. Um, I think in a way that it does always still feel like, wow, like I'm like looking at my iPhone, I'm like this is like a computer in my hand. This is. The,
0: yes. You know, it costs room. basically <laughs> what a computer does. I couldn't believe yeah, it. My last iPhone, insane. I was like, uh, excuse me. Well, you're <laughs> right. I mean, just to, just, you know, just to stick with the iPhone for a second, there are times, right. You'll be in your car and be like, oops, I forgot my phone. I feel like a Gen Ooh. Xer would be like, well, I mean, we didn't always have phones, so like, if there's an emergency, I guess I have to, you know, I'll figure it out. I'll go knock on someone's door and use their phone. Um, Whereas, I feel like my brother, who was born in 1991, um, would like go back home and get his phone and and you know risk like delaying his trip and all of that because he really doesn't know. I think that there's a we have a survival instinct. I think that is. Definitely um a gift. We we were I think I'm very grateful for having that analog first, digital second, lifespan.
1: Me too. Absolutely. That's well said. I think uh, you know, it's 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 a gift and it's something that, you know, in terms of imparting, I think it's so imp- important to impart and support. Other generations, younger generations, and also to learn from them. I think we do. Maybe we don't do enough of that. And um, there's so much to be gleaned from sort of intergenerational learning. Um, I'm constantly trying to surround myself with younger people too, and you know, always asking my nieces and nephew, like, what's the newest thing? What should I know about? You know, what's like? (laughs) So I, I just like for us to stay sharp. I think it's it's important to do that, and and I think Gen X is is willing to to do that. And hopefully, you know, we can also share our learnings about how to pivot kind of quickly and be resilient when you don't have that <laughs> iPhone in your car.
0: <laughs> it's amazing too. I mean, it's, sometimes it's just the world that you live in. I mean, today as a parent, I would never imagine letting my son who's six or seven, like walk anywhere by himself. Right. Um, and we live in the suburbs now, not in, in the city where definitely not in the city, but even in the suburbs. Um, I mean, I, I'm watching, uh, you know, Mayor of Easttown right now. So it's Mm -hmm. it's bringing back all the like nightmares of growing up thinking I was going to get abducted. (laughs) But that said, I was a latchkey kid, you know, in fifth grade. I was definitely more independent as a kid. My parents would let me stay out with the other kids, unparented. And I think it was a different world when we grew up. Would you agree?
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think um, the the freedom that we experienced also just, you know, there was a lot in the 70s, you know, we saw our parents go through a recession and a downturn. And I think that kind of greatly affected us. I know that's a little different than what you're saying, but it also, I think, relates to this um, combination of feeling a freedom to roam around, but also seeing sort of this financial downturn. And that shaped us today to be, you know, place a higher priority on both organization and financial preparation. Um, And I think that's, um, that's definitely something that a lot of us are worried about and plan for both.
0: Yeah. Well, well, you bring up a great point, which is that, you know, I think our generation, Gen Xers, some of us, um, we didn't have the burdens of student loan debt as the mm. younger generation now does. Things weren't as expensive. Right. Salaries have been pretty stagnant for over a decade, all while yeah. inflation and the cost of everything has gone up from homes to college educations to even credit card interest rates. And so I do think that in some ways we did have a little bit more of a a tailwind helping us get to achieve some of those goals earlier on. But then, of course, we got the rude awakenings of becoming like the sandwich generation, right? What are the financial challenges now? I think that, you know, there's always, there's a (laughs) trade-off. I feel like for all the benefits that we may have had in the beginning relative to the millennials, let's say there are some challenges now. I would say that divorce is one of those challenges, like post-divorce. Uh, managing your life after that, especially for women.
1: Absolutely. Uh, divorce is right up there. Um, it can be financially crushing. Um, and I I think um, included in that is just the cost of care, the cost of children, the cost of parents, um, you know, uh, having that conversation with your parents to understand, you know, where do you stand financially and sort of figuring that out and what, how that's going to impact you specifically. Um, I think, uh, you know, two households working, um, and figuring out how to juggle that as well as, you know, care, the caregiving piece of it. So there's just, um, it's a lot. I do think the, the pro is a lot of us have so much experience. And so we're able to, um, we're able to really sort of roll with some of this and be scrappy and figure, figure out how to do it. But I would say, yeah, divorce, uh, healthcare, we should throw that in there too. Um, sure. It's another yes. thing like uh, a lot of people are experiencing, um, you know, I, I don't want to be so dour. I don't want to be like down, but it's, you know, things happen. It's just, it's a, a lot going on in, in their forties and fifties. And well, I anything, think, of um, course. Yeah, yeah. I was just reading mm-hmm. a
0: statistic that retirees right now, uh, which may be more of the older gen Xers and more of the boomers, but the average cost of healthcare out of pocket for a couple in retirement is you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, 200 some yeah. thousand dollars. That's with health insurance. So yeah, that's that's a great point. Let's talk again about tonight um, real yeah. quickly because... You've recently pivoted the business away from Facebook and you have now a private subscription-based community in addition to the website and the newsletter. Tell us about the experience that people can expect in the community. What have been some breakthroughs or you know, revelations or networking. I mean, all of that I think is always something to look forward to when you're part of a community, but what has it been specific to the two-nighters experience?
1: You know, I think what's great, and, um, you know, we moved from Facebook to the Mighty platform um, specifically because we could have kind of everything we wanted in one place. So while we still have the great community that we had on Facebook, um, we have an even sort of more engagement and richer conversations and we have courses and events. We call them two-nighter teas. Uh, we just had one with Stacy London on menopause. The courses are on things that are important to Gen X. Actually, we have one later this year. Uh, we have um, a course led by an uh, end-of-life doula. And she's going to kind of go through, yeah, go through like, what is it? The four, I wrote this down. It's like the four Ds whether it's you or your parents, it's like, decide, discuss, document, and digitize. And I'm like super excited for that one. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, We have things on dating. We have courses on um, kind of getting back to online dating um, for people who are, you know, trying to do that. And it's a struggle. Um, We have um, the art of storytelling, which is actually a class going on right now, um, which is whether you're telling a story on a stage or just like, you know, at the office, you're just trying to, you know, tell a great story. It's, it's an amazing course. And the nice thing about this is the courses are available um, to members after the fact. So we have a couple of price points, one that includes all the courses and um, every, every uh, member gets access to the art of storytelling and one about career pivots. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it's great. So like, we're all sort of going through midlife together and I don't think there's anything like it Um, where you can really it's just super tailored to Gen X specifically, not just over 40, but Gen X because we have a a very particular cohort (laughs) as we are hearing right now.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Everybody should check it out. All right. You are also while we have you, I, I want to take advantage of your uh, your brain and and, sure. and pick your brain and talk about entrepreneurship as an entrepreneur yourself. You also, mm-hmm. in addition to 2 dot you run Gyrate Media, which is a boutique content strategy firm. Yep. You work with brands like Verizon, um, City, J and J, many others. What is your advice right now for women entrepreneurs? Let's talk about the beginnings. You know, funding your business. Do you see more of a trend towards funding i see so much activity whether it's i fund women or other fundraising specific to women um the female founders collective think places like that that are offering grants so is it do you feel like this is an exciting time to be a female entrepreneur raising money for your business and by the way you don't have to raise money for your business you could just save your money and start it that way people think you need like Which is all this what I money did. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. I mean I don't you know. want to glamorize like, you know, venture capital or anything like that.
1: Yeah, you know, I definitely am the latter. I am somebody who um, you know, and I've I've thought about um doing the fundraising. I think more particularly for Tonight. With gyrate media, um, you know, I've really boot well, both gyrate media and tune I've bootstrapped completely. And gyrate media is a content strategy consultancy, so I help businesses tell stories, manage and create websites, do that sort of overall strategy for them. And I haven't had to take any money for that. You know, it's really leveraging, I think, you know, I don't, what is it now? Two decades, three decades of, of experience. You know, I worked at Real Simple. I was an editorial director there. I worked at AOL for seven years, and I worked at a newspaper called the Philadelphia City Paper for 10 years. So it's Really, sort of that sweet spot for me of uh, having the digital experience and the kind of traditional journalism journalism experience with you know both again, analog and digital, you know, which for me has been my kind of offering. I think it's that e- those years of expertise that have helped me start a consultancy and have have been able, you know I've been able to to manage it that way. And so, I don't know that you always have to always have to take funding. I, I often think of my publisher from the early days of uh, the city paper, which was an alt weekly. And he used to say, he used to just talk about, yeah, like I just, if they don't want to buy what I'm selling, (laughs) you know, it's not a business. And I think I often think about that, you know, just that I want to create something that is sustainable as as much as I can. So it's kind of about slow, steady growth, just take it day by day. I know that's Mm -hmm. not possible for everyone, but that's how I've chosen to do it.
0: Coming full circle a little bit because we've talked now about how with Gen X and we experience this ourselves that there is this can-do itness that we ex- that we have that is innate because of these pivots that we've had to out of necessity have had to pivot because when things weren't analog now they're digital and everything's moving online. Have you ever thought about if uh, if let's say not to scare everybody at home, but if there's like cyber warfare? At this point, I'm. I'll expect anything. Right. You know, it's just we we got to go and think about these things. Sometimes it's healthy to think about these worst case scenarios. But would it even be a worst case scenario if like the digital world shut down for a year? What would you do?
1: <laughs> my God, that's such a good question. Oh my.
0: God, what would you do? And like you guys, have of I course, of like this? do a happy dance because you don't have there's no more pressure
1: of like well, posting true. something on social media. Well in terms of your business, right? Yeah. I mean, I look, I personally think going back to those analog skills, I'm like, I can always write, you know, I always feel like I have at my core, I'm an English major at my core. And so I can always like rely on those sort of core writing skills. You know, somebody will always want to hear a story, right? So whether it's telling that story in a crowd or using my writing skills to get by, <laughs> I always feel like, oh my God, no, I'm you know what I would do? I, I would, do I would
0: marry day. a real estate license and only work on billboards. I would sell oh. billboard ads because how else are you going to promote your, like, if I want to like well, promote that's myself- you know, you can't going door to door isn't
1: really, you got to, no. I, I maybe I'll start a newspaper, right? Can we can start we? a newspaper, <laughs> traditional classified ads? Yeah. Oh, I, I, would go back to
0: that. Ads. I used to be an ad saleswoman in college. Well, listen, let's hope that that doesn't happen. But if it does, can I, I, can fair. I work for you? Will you hire me? Because I can also write. Yes, um, I will hire you. Great deal. Margaret, thank you so much for joining us. Really excited to check out everything you have to offer, Tonight.com. Everybody check it out. We'll put the website also on our site along with the subscription-based community, the newsletter. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you, you too. Thanks so much to Margit for joining us. Check out tonight, t u e night.com, to learn about Margit and her community. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I hope you had a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope your day is so money.